awful. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a one-two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! Five to one the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am your host, The Rit, and with me, I have our head writer, Mr. George Sutherland. George, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, by the way, a belated happy Father's Day to both you and DC. Uh, well, I'm doing fine. Uh, just, you know, staying busy and doing what I do. Hey, hey, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad once again that that you're a part of you know us here at the Pesky Podcast. Uh, love your you know your first article you wrote for us about uh, Devin Marrero's. Uh, home run ball re- being returned. Uh, but, man, we are now coming upon the Chicago White Sox series coming up. And the White Sox, well, if, if you look at their roster, we've got some familiar faces over there we get to have a little yeah. reunion with. Uh, Kopech, you know, yep. he, he, he was – him and uh, Yohan Moncada were the two key pieces that – Got us Chris Sale and quite possibly the 2018 World Series. Right. You know, if you look back at that deal, there was a debate at the time uh, whether or not, you know, they you, you keep Moncada or, or, or Devers. And, you know, you go back and look at it now and go, they absolutely made the right decision. Uh, I happened to be in Portland right before the trading deadline of the game. And uh, the fans were screaming. And I was sitting in right field and the fans were screaming at um, Dombrowski saying, don't trade Devers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that, that proved out to be good. You know, and then Kopech's taken a while to, you know, to come up. But, you know, those were the two key pieces of that deal. And, uh, you know, as you say, it got us the World Series in 18, so. Yeah. Uh, now they also have Andrew Benatendi. He was yeah. – he was a, he, him and Joe Kelly both were huge uh, – Boston fa- fan favorites. Uh, I re- I remember uh, what was it 2018? The Ben Attendee's amazing catch he had. Right. Uh, then you have Joe Kelly fighting Joe. You know, <laughs> hey, love him. He's 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 one of those guys that you know that he he'll always have a place in in this town. You know, a special place. Uh, you know, much like Dave Roberts. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the 
the Veritechn, you know, incident with A-Rod and things like that. There's just stories that, you know, he'll, he's, he's, he's the stuff of legend and will be for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, we have someone that knows the white Sox just a little bit more than we do. So I went, reached out to somebody from, uh, Southside. Mm -hmm. Oh, hold on. Let me make sure I got it right. Southside Sox. <laughs> and I got an editor to come on the show. So we can talk about the upcoming series. And, and and so our fans that listen to the Pesky podcast, you know, open up a little bit and get a little more knowledge of the series and, you know, the White Sox roster. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Tina. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey, hey, uh, thanks for sitting there and giving us some of your time to come on and, and talk a little uh, Red Sox, White Sox uh, series coming up. Of course, yeah. I'm, I, you know, sometimes it is tiring to talk about our Sox because they are really disappointing. Um, I'm sure you guys feel that here and there, but it's kind of exciting over there right now for you guys. So that's kind of cool. Outside of it yeah. being the worst decision or division to be a part of right now. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it's crazy how, you know, we could sit there and be almost, you know, be last and be still in the wild card hunt because our division is just so tight right now. And like even the AL West is minus the uh, who's last in that division right now. Oh, the athletics. They're terrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. How can we forget the A's, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that division is really good. Uh, the AL Central is kind of, kind of falling apart over recent years. That's know? like putting it really nicely, honestly. It's kind of a, a disaster over here. I mean, if you have a 500 record, you're in the running to win the division. So, um, yeah, like you guys would be crushing it over here, I imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we Friday, Saturday, Sunday – uh, you know, we play the Chicago White Sox. We play you guys. And uh, let's just start with, uh, you know, you. on my end, I couldn't get the pitching matchups. You said you had some uh, probable pitching matchups. So uh, let's just kind of go through game by game. Game one, uh, I, I, I I think you said Bay. Uh, who we got? Bayo, Paxton, and mm. possibly Cutter Crawford. Yep, I think that's what it looks like. And then on our end, I was seeing Lucas Giolito game one, Lance Lynn game two, and potentially Jesse Schultens. He's uh, one of our AAA guys that's pulled up right now. Um, he might be getting the start, but I know TBD on that third game. Okay. Well, uh, let's sit there and start with game one. You know, we're throwing uh, mini Pedro, Brian Bayo, who is, you know, doing big things for us over here. Uh, and you guys got, of course, everybody knows uh, Lucas Giolito. Uh, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about Lucas Giolito, uh, what he's been doing for you guys, and what to, uh, what to expect from him. Totally. Um, last year might have been a different story. He definitely struggled a lot, kind of regressed off that um, really great 2021 year he had previously. Um, but honestly, he's been like our top pitcher this year, especially if you're looking at the numbers, um, which is a little surprising considering we have Dylan Cease on our roster. Um, but 
I guess you guys won't have to deal with him, so that's really great. Um, but yeah, Giolito, he's got a three five four ERA, pretty good this year. Um, he's kind of wishy washy in some starts. Like he might not totally have the A game, but he's been able to grind it out. Um, so we love that. I mean, it works for us uh, for the most part. But if the offense isn't backing him up, it hasn't been working, of course. So that's kind of been like our pain point with really all of our pitchers is not having run support. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'd say I feel most strongly uh, if for our chances this weekend uh, with Giolito on the mound. I think he's our most solid. Um, I think that having maybe one of those triple A guys um, coming up, Jesse Shelton's a little exciting, and um, you know they could fresh arm coming in, and maybe that'll change it up. Lance Lynn has struggled, so, <laughs> to say the least. Um, a lot of the a lot of White Sox fans uh, believe he is cooked. Um, I. I'm up in the air. I, he pitched 16 K's the other day in one game, um, kind of out of nowhere. So it's kind of, you don't really know what you're going to get, um, with him right now. I know he's up there in age, so it's like, it's unsure, but I think really Giolito is probably our strongest arm. And maybe if, especially if the changeup is working, um, that will work in the stocks favor for sure. Yeah. And he's going up against Brian Bayo, who Pedro said has, one of the best changeups he's seen since his own changeup. Uh, George, what do you, you want to tell him uh, what to expect a little bit about Brian Bayo? Brian will remind you a lot of Pedro. He his arm, you know, his arm, everything comes out about the same. Uh, he doesn't. He has a wicked changeup. And then you know, when he throws his fastball, it's got movement. Um, for a young pitcher, he has developed over the last few games a tremendous presence on the mound he is and especially after coming back to coming off back to back starts versus the yankees uh he he is right he is riding high and he is really really maturing very quickly in front of us um you know he had a little rough in the beginning of the season he came out you know he's got a little bit of a late start but the last two or three starts, he has really looked like he could be next year. You know, he's he's the lead dog in the pack in the in this rotation because he is a he's a presence now, and what he did to the Yankees this weekend was incredible. So, yeah, uh, I loved when he threw his last uh, pitch, which was the strikeout with the changeup, and just the passion he had when he came off yeah. that off the mound. Like I'm, I was like, man, th that's him. And, and Tina, you know, don't think that you guys are the only ones that when your pitchers are on that you struggle to get uh, run support. We have had so many games over here in Boston where we would be like, okay, you know, we got an ace on the mound. He's doing great. And next thing you know, we lose 2-1. Yep. One nothing. You know, we and we can't get no run support because those bats are ice cold. Yep. So uh game two, uh we have Paxton, which he's been doing he he's been one of our biggest bargains yeah. all you know season. We're paying him four million dollars a year and he's just been killing it out there. Uh he goes up against he said Lance Lynn. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the expect from this year's Lance Lynn. This year's Lance Lynn uh, could be a coin flip. Uh, you either will have lights out 
or he's going to give up six home runs. <laughs> it's like kind of been really nowhere in between. I mean, the ERA has been up there and it's been consistent when he's pitching that he's giving up the many runs. So um, the fastball is his best asset. And if that's moving and it's working, it's great. If he's hanging it out in the middle of the plate, well, then that's going to be a problem. And Rafi's going to blast one, you know, over left field wall. So um, it's kind of like a, we'll see. I, it's really every time I don't really know what we're going to get. And it, I don't think Pedro Grafal, our manager knows what we're going to get either, but um, they keep tossing them out there every five, six days. I don't really think we have any better options right now. So um, that's kind of where we're at. I mean, last year we kind of were in the same song and dance with Dallas Keuchel, um, but definitely a lot less command there. So, I mean, that was like a loose cannon and it's maybe not quite escalated to there, but like, I mean, I think he's just getting up there in age. People are figuring teams are figuring out how to hit him and you know what, what it is. So the fastball is just not as effective as it used to be. It, it seems like so. I, hopefully we get the one at Lance Lynn we had the other day. I mean, if he's going to pitch 16 Ks, I'm all in on that. But again, like, just like you were saying, like, if we're only going to hit one run, two runs, like that's not going to do the job. It just isn't at this point. So that's kind of, we're in like a perpetual spiral of, you know, one to three runs. game. Yeah. Uh, George, you wanted to sit there and uh, give a little preview of big maple Paxton. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, everybody was a little bit concerned in Boston. Uh, the big joke here was, you know, who Paxton, who, I mean, everybody was kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, he showed up and he looked ready to go on pitch one and, and with sail down, he, he is, he's the main guy right now and he's delivering on it. Uh, he pitched, uh, he pitched very well against the Yankees, he, uh, um, uh, not the Yankees, sorry. It's very well last night. Uh, the only mistake he made was to, to Vasquez. He left one out over the plate and Vasquez to, you know, do, do, does what he does every once in a while and put one on the seats. But, you know, he, he looks like he did in Seattle on, on most nights. He's, you know, fastball with movement, thrown in the high, thrown 96, 97, I think he touched, did he touch 98 last night, Rich, a couple of times? I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's just, he's just bringing it. And, uh, and he's just, he's just out there and he's, he's just an incredible competitor and you can see it, you know, you can see the fire in his eyes and he goes out there and another one, he, he left last, we left, you know, when, uh, uh, AC took him out, you know, he he went to the dugout and he got high fives all the way around and he don't, he was pumped, you know, he, he knew he had to come out and, you know, no no antics, no nothing. He was the consummate professional. And And I think for some of the younger guys in this staff, you know, he's, you know, he's that veteran leader that I think that they need, especially in the absence of sale. Cause he, you know, he's the guy that's going to go out and mound every five days and he's, he's proven it over and over again. I'll take the ball and I'll do a good job for you. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the only mistake that Paxton had in his last uh, outing was giving up Vasquez his, which was ironic. His first home run of the year was against us. So yeah. that, oh. but uh then uh, you guys have, you know, a possible starter uh, up from AAA going up against uh, who could be our possible starter, Cutter Crawford. Uh, talk a little bit about him uh, and, you know, uh, if he's this to make the start for you guys. 
yeah, definitely. Uh, he's only made one start for us previously, um, but he's having a decent year so far. He's pitched 19 innings. He's usually coming in on relief, um, and he his whip is pretty good. It's like right around one, and he's got a 2.79 ERA. So it probably if we are picking someone from the bullpen to start, it probably would be him because Reynaldo Lopez uh, is kind of been very wishy-washy this year and last year is who we would have picked honestly as like our long spot start but jesse schultons uh he's 29 he's came up last year a little bit too he mainly is his fastball velocity isn't really great but you know he's gotten the job done it's got a little bit of movement but it's mainly a slider i think that he throws um and when that's working it's definitely helping um he doesn't you know he's not getting that too hard hit but there's not really that big of a sample size right now. So it's kind of like hard to really gauge how he's going to start a game. Um, but if it's not him, I mean, it might just be a bulk event bullpen game, like a couple innings and then go from there. Um, and the bullpen's also been kind of hit or miss lately. They've been better than not. Um, but we, they definitely had their moments uh, recently and we're kind of on a weird stretch right now where we're losing, but we're not like fully out of the race at all. So it's like, it's really who knows. <laughs> um, but if we do get Jesse, I mean, it could be good. It's a young guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know really like if it will be him though. I, I'm, it's like that, that lately it's been wish hit wishy-washy. So I'm wondering if we're going to get Tanner Banks again. It who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would much rather prefer Tanner Banks in, in my case, just just because we have a lefty killer with Rob Rep Snyder, you know, that just loves to eat up lefties. Yep. So, but well, uh, George, I'll oh, go ahead. Nope, that's it. I was just saying, like we usually struggle one way or the other depending on who's pitching. So for us, it's like it it doesn't matter. <laughs> so so George, we got Cutter Crawford as a possible uh, go out there for Sunday. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, pop, this could possibly be, be, you know, be three, four innings and then just work the bullpen the rest of it. That's kind of the way I see it. I mean, you know, his, his history is, you know, um, when he was doing the back end and long relief for us, two to three innings, he, you know, he and Winkowski the, were a two-headed monster for us. And he could put either one out there and they did the job. Uh, Crawford, second time through the order, seems to have issues. Uh, not unlike what Hulk had, uh, Hulk seems to have gotten past it. Crawford hasn't gotten to that point. Uh, he's when he's on, he's very much on. Uh, but yeah, I see three, maybe four innings out of Crawford, and then you know, next man up out of the bullpen and see what we you know see what we can do to string it together. And if the offense is is moving along, then you, you can survive that. Yeah, as long as we can get some some long innings, which we have been. Bayo's went out seven innings yeah. uh, past what two, three starts. Right. You know, Paxton went at least six. So you know, if we could save the bullpen. Uh, you know, we could have a bullpen game Sunday night against the uh, the White Sox there. Right, and and that's been the that's been the key. You know, he you know with with Paxton, Bayo, and now Whitlock. Uh, you know, they've been giving six and seven innings, which has saved the bullpen on a number of occasions, which, you know, going into this weekend when they're going to need at least one game that they're going to have to trot a bunch of uh, pitches out there, that, that's that's a good problem to have. So, 
you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Okay, uh, so so that's your our starting pitching matchups. Uh, let's let's go over to to the roster. Uh, you know, you guys, the White Sox have a on paper a decent roster. Like you guys got Grandal as a catcher, uh, Vaughn who was really promising. He's in his what second year. Yeah, his second year, um, he has been he has been great, but this year he's kind of been up and down, so not as consistent as last year. Um, but yeah, uh, he's definitely been exciting. Yeah, you guys got Elvis Andra uh, Andrews. Yep. Uh, you guys got Yohan Moncada, but I think he's on the IL, isn't he? Yeah, he's on the IL right now, sadly. So, uh, but but your backup, Ber- uh, Jake Berger, isn't you know I kind of you know liked uh, in preseason spring training. Uh, I like what I seen from him a little bit of, uh, you know, covering third base. Yeah. I've got Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like, he's been like, like super exciting this year. And if you honestly, for Sox fans, probably the most exciting. I mean, he's just kind of come out. He's a great dude. He's hitting the ball super hard and just constantly hitting home runs. Um, so the burger bomb is like the trademark in Chicago right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, he's just been a really exciting. His defense is um, average at best, I would say. It's definitely improved a little bit um, from the last year. But as a replacement for Moncada, it's been really great. He's really the only one that's been, like, really mashing the lineup outside of Luis Robert Jr. And we kind of will take all the offense we can get right now. And previously he was not hitting righties, and now he's just hitting everyone. And we will take that, especially when we're playing at home. He is, like, unstoppable right now. Yeah, that's one thing uh, in the majors. If you can sit there and make the adjustments, you know you turn the first corner. Yeah. Like on on our team, we had Jaron Duran last year who just couldn't make the make the adjustments. This year, he's making all the right adjustments. You know, he he played a game against the Twins, and oh my God, he he had three doubles, he had two broken bats. You know, and, and he was just on on fire. So that there with Berger, like once once you make those adjustments and are able to, to make them as needed, that's when you know that, you know, you, you're official MLB, you know, major leaguer. Totally. And last year he was like kind of doing the same thing at first, hitting the ball really hard. And then teams and pitchers figured out how to pitch to him. And he kind of was cold. And, you know, as the year went on in the playoff race, there wasn't really just a spot on the roster with like the other injuries we were struggling with. So um, it's been really great that he's getting those MLB at-bats this year because it's really useful whether he's going to stay here or not. Um, because at this point, I don't really know who will be here next year as we might have a whole sale coming in the next month or so. So, um, but yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. Uh, you know, and, and just talking about a sale, you got your shortstop, Tim Anderson, that a lot of teams would love to have on that roster. Oh yeah. You know? Oh Yeah. yeah. I just see I envisioning the Dodgers like trying to swoop in on that any second you now because they don't really have much over there on at short, but I don't yeah. want to see that. <laughs> but then you guys got Ben Attendi, Eloy uh Jimenez, Luis Robert Jr., who's just killing the ball, you know, night in and night out. Yep. So like <laughs> you guys get you guys got a on paper a great team. Uh, you guys, yeah. just like the Red Sox, are we're kind of similar this season, you know, except yep. for we we yeah. probably put together quite a few more uh wins in a row than you guys have, 
Yeah, most likely. <laughs> well, we've had like maybe two or three at this point. At one point, we lost 10 in a row. So that's our record for the year. <laughs> so, Fun times that was. <laughs> but uh, George, uh, you want to talk about a couple of our key guys uh, that, sure. that we have on our lineup? Uh, sure. Uh, I think the biggest threats right now uh, in our lineup are Alex Verdugo, Justin Turner, and Duran. Uh, Yoshida's fallen off a little bit. He was on fire. My goodness, he was on fire for like eight, what, eight or nine games in a row. Uh, those are the big ones. And, you know, this is our push, I think, uh, you know, coming into the All-Star break. Uh, and, and Rid and I agree. We, we think that, you know, he, he should be on the All-Star game. I mean, they, they he is doing everything right. He's playing great defense. He's, you know, he, he's running the bases well, which has been a problem with him. But the timely hitting and the, and the ball is flying off his bat. You know, a lot, yes, yesterday, you know, he, you know, he, you know, he hits his laser down the right field line for a triple to clear the bases. He's just been, he's just been doing that all season long. And, you know, he's now he's doing it from the three hole because they moved Duran to lead off which I was kind of surprised at, but Durant seems to have done a very good job yesterday. Three doubles, um, including one that should have been a single for everybody else, but the, the kid's got incredible speed, so he's legging them out and, get, and getting there. Uh, Turner is in one of his hot spots right now, um, and that's good. Uh, Rafi's, you know, R- Rafi's still hitting the ball for power every, every now and then. The average isn't there. And, uh, you know, everybody else is contributing. Uh, but you know, those are, those are the, those are the keys in terms of offense. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's disappointing with Rafi a little bit that he's, he's striking out more than he, what he should be striking out, you know, but, uh, let's, let's talk bullpen. Now you guys have like one of the biggest stories from the first couple months, with uh, with uh, what Liam Hendricks, you know, went through, and you know, I even tuned into the game when he came back for his, you know, his first game back, and that was just for to see what he endured and yeah. gone through, and then to see you know him come back to you know pitch. That was that was truly you know a, a heartfelt thing. Yeah, that was like a beautiful moment. We actually, I I went to that game um, and although they lost, it was like, it was such a great game. Honestly, just getting him back on the field, um, especially after what he's gone through at such a like small amount of time too, if you, when you really boil it down, um, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, and he looked great too, a couple outings after that too. And it's just really, it's great to have him back. It feels like the bullpen's more whole and complete, and it's nice to just have his leadership around because he really is just like an awesome guy. Um, he's done so much like philanthropic wise for the city of Chicago. So um, it really just having him is like makes the team better as a whole, even if he's not pitching. And he's on the IL right now, and hopefully. Do they think, no, I'm sorry. Do, do they think the elbow inflammation is something serious, or is it just I, a yeah, nagging issue? Know. They're unsure, it seems like, but I'm hoping it's not anything nagging because I know he previously had like a UCL tear um, and was pitching with it and he was like, okay, didn't want to have the surgery. And so hopefully it's not 
worse now because that would just be like heartbreaking for him to come back and then not being able to pitch some more. But um, mm-hmm. just in general, it's been great having him back. The spirit yeah, of the team uh, has been lifted. <laughs> yeah. Do you sit there and think, Tina, uh, like I, I've been talking to DC about this, you know, off and on and a couple others. The uh, MLB is going to have to look in the offseason about adjusting possibly the pitch clock for the amount of injuries that these pitchers are enduring now. Yeah. Because they're they're not getting the couple extra sec. Like, yeah, you're shaving time off the game, but then you're doing it at the expense of the pitcher's arms. Right. Yeah, I think I think the pitch clock is great in some aspects, but to your point, like it's definitely not worth, you know, shaving 20 minutes off a game, whatever, if it is even going to be that much, uh, if it's not going to, you know, if everyone's going to keep getting injured. I think maybe an extra five seconds would be helpful. And like if there's runner on base, 25 seconds, runner not on base, 20 seconds, I think that would still shave down the game time uh, like they want to and hopefully like preserve some of these arms because. I mean, we should be looking at the health of the players. They don't need to be consistently on the IL um, and being injured. Like, it's just not healthy and sustainable. So um, I'm with you. I think that there could definitely be some kind of adaptations there, at least increasing it when there's runners on, because then you're trying to figure out, like, you're going to pay attention to the guys on base. You're rushing to the pitcher or to the batter. And it's just like, you know, it's a whole mess. And then you're just stressed out and for no reason. And. I think there's already enough stress that comes with the territory of the job. Yeah. Uh, but uh, who else uh, Who else has been stepping up in your bullpen? Uh, please don't chuckle. Uh, you know, now that Liam Hendricks is out, uh, you know, who else do you have in the bullpen to, like, close the game out? Who's your new setup person, et cetera? Yeah, so we've been going a lot with Kendall Graveman um, towards the end of the game and Joe Kelly – uh, when it makes sense, but it seems like Graveman's kind of been the go-to closer recently. Um, but we had some young guys in the bullpen that have been really great. Uh, we've had Kenyon Middleton, who's been like kind of came out of nowhere this year, and Gregory Santos. They've both had like low ERAs uh, for most of the year and have been lights out in some instances. So um, really, it's great to see that kind of production from them, especially you know not having some of those veteran guys that are producing. Um, and you know, Joe Kelly was on the IL for some of the beginning of the year, um, because he got injured during like a bench clearing brawl situation. So classic on our end. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Naturally. Um, and yeah, so I think really looking at Graveman probably as our closer, um, he's also been hit or miss. He's been good for the most part, I would say. Um, but there's definitely been some times where he's just blown the save and, you know, here we are giving up the game that we were winning three runs and now we're down like five. So <laughs> that's happened a couple times. Um, it's just like the nature of the bullpen. It's the most expensive bullpen um, and they don't really perform up to what they should be, but we're making it by, I would say right now. Uh, George, would you like to talk about uh, our bullpen going? Uh, the, of late, the bullpen has done an outstanding job. I think one of the big differences between last year and this year is the fact that um, we now have a, a, a bona fide setup guy in Martin and you have Kenley Jansen, a, you know, a very qualified closer in that role. Uh, they've been mixing it up for the, what I call the seventh, for the, the, the first guy out of the pen in the, like in the seventh inning uh, for a while, they're waiting for, I think 
we're waiting for John Shriver to come back. Uh, they've been mixing it up a little bit uh, with that guy. Uh, of late, uh, Nick Pavetta, uh, who just who got put back in the pen because he, he really wasn't doing it, you know, when they sent him out as a starter, has looked very good, I think, uh, coming out of the pen. Uh, he's done it. Uh, Corey Kluber the other night looked good. Um, Still and, and, and we normally don't hear those we two don't, words. Th- those not this year, no. No. Uh, no, I, I think I think I made the joke. Uh, what was it two weeks ago? Even with a twenty-one lead, I, I'd still be nervous. But they mm-hmm. put him out there in the the fifteen-five blowout, and he he did fine. Uh, I I think you know they're they're still finding their way, and and they they keep bringing guys up to 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 make it work. Uh, Jake's now is seems to be, you know the the. The current favorite, you know, to go out there and run run them out there, um, you know, they're making it work. I, I think that going towards the deadline, if they continue to play well, they they know that they need to bring in another bullpen arm, and uh, you know, if if they're buyers, they definitely need a bullpen arm, you know, in addition to a front end starter. But you know, for right now, they're making it work. They get the two solid guys at the end, which is you know, which is a very good problem to have because they haven't had it, and both have performed really well. And the other day in the doubleheader in the Yankee series, you know, Martin closed game one, closed in parentheses. Kenley closed game two, and this is what should have happened. Again, it's the Tampa Bay Rays series instead of trotting Kenley out five hours after the first game. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make those those decisions. And I think AC learned his lesson from that. So, you know, I, I it's, right now the bullpen seems to be a strength that they've been calling on. They haven't been allowing a whole lot of runs lately. Um, I know over the last, uh, you know, few games they're they're running they're running a lot better in terms of uh, pitching. Uh, so you know they're, they're trending better. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, you know the. Their overall for the season is like twentieth, but they're trending up, uh, you know, in terms of what that what they're putting out there on the mound. So, you know, that's that's what you got. And, the, and like I said, the, the the end of the the end of the pen is is a good one right now. So, yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit. We're, we don't we're not going to see a lot of it, but uh, people want to know uh, about the farm system, Tina. Can you sit there and tell us about a couple stars that? for the White Sox that are in the wings waiting to come up and that we might see maybe later this year? Yes. So honestly, if you asked me a week ago, I probably would have had more, but we keep at bringing them up. <laughs> um, so this week we brought up Jose Rodriguez. Uh, people keep calling him Popeye. That's his nickname. Um, but he's actually, he was in double A in our Birmingham squad and they pulled him up this past week. Uh, just to kind of bring a little bit more depth. It was an interesting move, though, bringing him straight up from AA when we do have a bunch of guys in, um, you know, in AAA ball that have been up and are familiar with the team, have played in the major leagues. Um, So it'll be interesting to see when they use him, um, you know, if he's going to make an appearance over the next week. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to bring him up and not play him, but it would also be very, like, typical White Sox to do that because they've previously done that. But we do have Lenin Sosa. He's a middle infielder that is in AAA. He's been up as well. He's killing it down there. I mean, at this point, he really just needs major league at-bats. And the problem with our roster is that there's not that many places to shift people in and out, especially 
now that we have Elvis Andrews back again this year um, and Tim Anderson, however, of course, he's on the IL right now. But um, and then Oscar Colas is a really exciting player. He what also was up at the beginning of the year, started when we were um, injury ridden, if you will. And he hits the ball super hard. That's kind of what's really exciting about him. He will, you know, smoke one as a moonshot to the concourse and just out of nowhere. And it doesn't look like he, you know, lifted a finger kind of like Luis Robert Jr. In that sense. Um, but the problem with our roster really is that there's, there's too many guys that play like the same position. We have a lot of first base DH guys, so it's hard to bring other people up at the time, but I'd say definitely like Jose Rodriguez would have been my pick, but we just brought him up this week. So that's really cool to see how that fits into our lineup, how he performs at this level. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see that, how he fits in, but we'll see again, like interesting moves all around on our, on our part. So not any really young, sure. How it out. Any young, any young pitching Tina that, you know, looks bright, like a, they have a bright future that could young make pitching, an appearance. Young pitching. There's not much I would say right now, but we, like I, we brought Jesse Schultons up who's been great. Davis Martin is one of our prospects that pitched a few games last year spot start um but he is having tommy john surgery so um definitely he's one to look out for he was pretty solid in some of our uh in some of his debuts last year so we'll see how he rehabs really but that's kind of like our that would be our top triple a like prospect right now um tanner banks isn't probably going to be like super um it won't be as you know he's not gonna be a starter really is what i'm trying to say so in terms of starter positions, Davis Martin is the most promising. Um, mm -hmm. We'll see how the rest of them shake out, um, but they've really just shuffled in and out so much at this point that we've already seen a lot of how they are, um, but also not enough because again, you know, they need major league reps. Right. Well, uh, let's go prediction time. We'll start with George. What do you think Red Sox are gonna turn out uh, this weekend? I, I this is this has been a problem this year. Um, if they play to the level of their opponent, it's not going to be good. If they continue to play like they have been over the last few games, they should take two and probably three games from the White Sox. I think this is also a very important series in another way, in that I think that the White Sox are one of those teams that at the deadline. Uh, are going to be sellers. I, I mean, I, I think some veteran players are going to be moving um, and, you know, they're going to try to restock and, and redo. I can see the Red Sox making a deal with the, with the White Sox. Um, you know, I, we, we've talked about, and we've talked here about Tim Anderson a couple of times and, you know, to try to preserve Trevor Story's arm, yeah. uh, you know, given the fact that you know, they want to put him at shortstop coming back and, I know I feel that that would be a huge mistake uh, until he's, he's proven. Um, you know, old friend Joe Kelly, uh, you know, veteran guy knows how to pitch in Boston. They love him, you know, would be there. Uh, Liam Hendricks would be somebody I'd like to see, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a couple more outings out of him, make sure that the elbow is okay. Uh, certainly somebody that you could pill for there. And if they really want to make a splash, Cease would be, you know, but they'd have to, that would be a high cost. To, to bring them over. But I think this is an important series for the Sox because, uh, you know, they've got to continue to make the progress. And this is one of those teams they should beat and just move on. So 
Honestly, I think two out of three, I, but there's that nagging doubt in my mind. Tina? That's a very fair, <laughs> like that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially looking at it from your end. Um, we're playing at home, so it's, who knows? We might hit, we might you know, put up 15 runs in a game. We might put up zero. Um, I'll, I'll give us the benefit of the doubt and say, we'll take two games. I'm not sure which two of those. I feel like we can maybe pull out a Lucas Giolito W if the hitting is working. If the hitting is not backing him up at all. And, you know, they're just striking out all night against Bayo, which you said, you know, could be a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I Then it could be – it could be we might lose two out of three. I think that – I think we probably will lose two. I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt and say we'll win to maybe Lance Lynn – will play off his last start and hold it down. And, you know, just being at home might help some of the batters, especially like Jay Berger, Luis Robert, and they, they tee off at home. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic (laughs) because they don't give us that much to be optimistic about. Um, But I'm excited about the series. I think it's great. I always like playing the Red Sox. Um, It also helps playing someone in the AL East. That's not the Yankees. (laughs) Um, And, you know, trying to, play up to that talent because playing our division, we just play down to them. I don't think that helps anybody. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be on Georgia's side. I'm going to say two out of three. That's uh, that <laughs> I, I want to sit there and say, I got that gut feeling that we get three out of three, but the last time I predicted it, <laughs> we, we did not sit. I think we lost like six out of seven games. So I'm going to be two out of three. I'm going to sit there and take that. Uh, Tina, who do you think the White Sox MVP of this series is going to be? Mm, Of the series? Of the series. I think I'm going to go Eloy Jimenez. Um, He also hits the ball really well at home. He's been hot recently. Um, Let's see it. I think he's due for to have a good series. And, you know, it would be obvious to pick burger robert because they've been doing that at home all season but i think eloy might be one to watch for sure because he's you know he's got that raw power and it is it's it's great to watch too okay george who do you think the red sox uh series mvp is going to be i think masa i think uh is due to come back um and you know what i wouldn't be surprised if if devers also, but I, I'm going with Massa. I think he's, I think he's going to make people sit up and take notice in Chicago. So Devers is uh, at the White Sox to make him look good. So this might be what he needs. <laughs> it could, yeah, could very well be. Uh, I, I've been bouncing a couple of people back and forth in my mind, but I am going to have to stick with the guy I started the season with, Alex Verdugo. I think Verdugo is just going to continue doing uh, what he's been doing. He's going to continue hitting the ball like he's supposed to. I kind of do like how he settled in recently to the number two spot behind Jaron Duran. And when Duran's not playing, then he you know goes back up to the leadoff. But uh, I got to go Alex Verdugo. So, but Tina, I want to sit there and thank you for coming on. Uh, you were great. 
I love sitting there and talking to other editors, other writers for the other other teams, because that's what gives the people that listen to our podcast a different vibe of, okay, it's not just talking about Red Sox all podcasts. You get to hear a preview of the up-and-coming team who we're playing against, you know, who's injured, uh, you know, who's been hot for him. So when you're watching the game, you can be like, hey, I remember when Tina was talking about, uh, you know, Berger, you know, hitting for power after he, you know, belts a, a home run and stuff like that. So uh, the floor is yours right now. Tell everybody where they can hit you up at. Perfect. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you both. Um, you can find me on uh, anywhere on Southside Sox. Like I said, I write, I write, cover the games, recaps. I write about minor leagues. Um, and yeah, so great time over there. Um, definitely check that out. And then you can follow me on Twitter too, at little underscore K Tina. So find me there usually talking or complaining about the socks. Um, so <laughs> what else is there to do? Right. So anyways, but thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. I, I too love talking with people from other teams and, you know, uh, I think it's great. The Red Sox are an exciting team and exciting division. So it'll be a good series. Hey, I, I appreciate uh, you stopping by Tina. Uh, anytime we, we want to talk white Sox, we're going to reach out to you then. Of course. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. So thanks, Tina, for stopping by. Take care. Now, George, now we are setting up our interview we had. Uh, I sat down with a with a high A uh, starting uh, high A pitcher, Macy O'Campbell. Mm-hmm. We we sit there and we, we were able to talk to him. Uh, he gave us some of his time. So now, without further ado, let's bring up this interview of Macy O. Campbell. Today's guest, we have Maceo Campbell. He is a relief pitcher for the Red Sox single way, uh, the organization. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for giving us the opportunity to uh, to chat with you a little bit. No problem. So let, let's just uh, let's just start out from the beginning, and then uh, what got you into baseball? Uh, did you sit there and play a lot uh, of other sports? Were you a well-rounded athlete? Uh, let's start from there. Uh, so as early as I can remember, the first experience I had with baseball was my parents giving me like a little plastic ball and bat when I was like, maybe like three or four. And I just fell in love with it. I just could not put that thing down. So, and then when I was around like five or six, they ended up putting me into like an actual team, uh, sport of baseball, but the actual first team sport I played was actually soccer. And then I played a little basketball. Then I played baseball and, uh, the thing about baseball is I actually started playing up when I first started playing. So I was supposed to play T-ball, except my dad signed me up for the wrong team. So they put me into a machine pitch with like kids who were like two years older than me. Oh. But yeah, it, it wasn't really a problem for me. Like I meshed really well with them. I was able to play at their levels. So from there on, I just loved it and just kept going with it. Uh, I probably stopped playing other sports when I was about – 13 that was when I decided I just wanted to play only baseball 
But uh, I played football, basketball, and soccer growing up as well. Uh, what positions did you play in, uh, you know, football, basketball, and soccer? Uh, in football, I played quarterback and linebacker. Uh, in basketball, I played like forward, kind of small or power forward. And then in uh, soccer, I usually played attacking mid. Okay. So uh, high school baseball, you know, little league going up. Uh, when did you start with the pitching aspect? Because most kids uh, love the hitting aspect, but what made you sit there and switch it up to, you know, wanting to go pitching a little bit? Oh, uh, well, even now I still love the hitting aspect. Like it would honestly be amazing if I like one day somebody called me and was like, Hey, like we think that you would be great playing outfield and hitting for us. Like that would be crazy in my mind. I would definitely run with that. But, um, I had always been one of the harder throwers on the team. Like, uh, yeah, like I was saying, I had I had always uh, been one of the harder throwers on the team. So in Tenu, my coach had decided to just put me on the mound because I threw harder than everybody else. And that season, it really worked out well. Like, I pitched really well that season. And then uh, from there, I just kind of ran with it. Uh, I'll say this. I kind of got away from pitching once I hit the age of 12 or 13, mm-hmm. uh, then I mainly played uh, the corners and I caught as well. And in high school, once I, uh, my sophomore year, I transferred high schools from public school to private school. And when I got to private school, they realized that I would be very useful on the mound. So they started having me pitch a little bit then. Uh, kind of got away from it my sophomore year. And then into junior year, that was when I really got back into it. And I started taking it very seriously and like doing all the necessary things to develop as a pitcher. And so I'd say from about the age of 16 on, that was when I really took pitching very seriously. Yeah. Uh, playing catcher, did that kind of help you a little bit to understand, to trust your catcher now that you're pitching, to call the game, call the right uh pitches in certain situations oh uh, well, <laughs> it's funny that you say that honestly in my opinion I was not very good at calling pitches as a catcher uh, I was just honestly just a mix it up guy like I would never double up on signs and things like that so I was just calling a different pitch every single time and not really listening to the game but uh now that I've been in pro ball and played college ball like I trust my catcher a lot and uh my pitching coach last year would always say the catcher only makes suggestions, but the catcher I the catchers I've played with thus far tend to make really good suggestions, so I trust them a lot. Uh, going going to back to pitching. Once you started doing it, you know, taking it seriously, uh, who did you go to to kind of help develop your pitches that you use today? The fastball, the slider, and the curveball. Uh, well, honestly, just the coaches that I have around me and within the org, uh, in the off season, I don't really tend to work out with like a, in a training facility or like with, uh, other players or, uh, pitching coaches, things of that nature, just because of where I live is not really available to me. So a lot of the time I'm working out by myself and just doing what I know how to do and getting my own videos and critiquing myself. But, uh, I say a lot of my development comes from being with the organization itself. Okay. Uh, you have three catchers on, on your team. Uh, which one are you more comfortable with? Because some some pitchers were always like, okay, 
Uh, I have a more of a connection with this catcher. This is my preferred catcher. Once you get to the big leagues, most of the time you can sit there and say, yeah, he's catching me. Uh, well, as reliever, I don't really have that, uh, that luxury of really selecting what catcher I want. So I've kind of mm-hmm. gotten really comfortable with all of them catching me. I will say that I kind of feel closer, like just relationship wise to uh, Jonathan Diaz, but that's because he's always in the bullpen with us. And I've been playing with him since I was a rookie ball. So like, we know each other very well, but for the most part, I'm comfortable throwing all three of our catchers. Uh, being in the bullpen, I always, when I went to Fenway, I always enjoyed uh, watching their games. They play in the bullpen uh, with, uh, I used to love watching Joe Kelly out there. Uh, mm-hmm. spitting the old sunflower seeds in the cup, and he was just a beast out there doing it. Uh, going and watching the Woo Sox play, uh, they play a little, you know, some bocce ball, uh, mm-hmm. rolling the ball, trying to get it on the on the plate. Uh, I, talking to Theo, uh, they were doing a, they did a movie game where they had to pick a name a movie, pick an actor in the movie, and then you had to pick a, a movie at the actor, another one they was in. What games do you guys play out there in the bullpen to, to kind of pass the time? Uh, well, the thing about the Greenville Drive bullpen of 2023 is I wouldn't say that we play a lot of games. Like, honestly, the first time this season that we even played a game in the bullpen was uh, last week in Brooklyn when we started playing bocce. But uh, typically, we always have a second inning question, mm-hmm. and it can be a question about anything that anyone thinks of. So, like, whoever has the question for the day thinks of it. And uh, it can be outlandish. It can be a thought-provoking one. It can be literally anything that you think of and you get to ask the question. And uh, it just goes from there. Like, we're a very talkative bullpen. So a lot of our time is just spent, like, just talking and wrapping it out and, like, learning about each other and things of that nature. And that really helps pass the time, I feel. Uh, in the bullpen, you, know, you, you said that you you, uh, you have a good connection with the, with the catcher, uh, Jonathan, because uh, he's out there the most. Uh, bullpen wise, what pitchers kind of, you know, are you close with, uh, which ones, you know, do you kind of think you're similar with that you guys can work with each other, uh, and which ones are just like the complete opposite of you? (laughs) Hmm. Here, here's the thing. I wouldn't say that we have anybody who is the complete opposite of me. I mean, like, yeah, we all have like different stuff and our, uh, pitches profile differently, but um on the personal skill we're all like very very similar guys i feel like that's why we mesh really well uh i'll say this my closest friends in the bullpen are probably joey stock nate tellier and uh graham hoffman but like i said all the other guys know a great deal about me and vice versa so i mean i feel i'm very close to everyone out there but those three i just named uh I feel I'm the closest to because we all signed together and we were the first friends that we even uh, made coming into the org. So we all developed a nice relationship with each other. Uh, Going from college to going to single A, what, what, what's the difference there, you know, feeling going from a college level aspect to it to where it's pretty much the same team all season. To going mm-hmm. to a single A, low A, high A, uh, you know, with the recent interactions in the organization, you know, some pitchers could be getting called up to double A, triple A soon. 
Uh, what's the biggest uh, difference there, you know, not knowing where you're going to be, uh, possibilities of who your teammates are going to be from week to week? Uh, well, I'll say this. In college, like, there's a, a set uh, rotation for everything. Like, you know your role. You know when you're most likely going to get in the game and everything like that. So you can kind of, like, I don't want to say schedule yourself or – have a prepared schedule for yourself for each game and day. But that's how I felt. And also as a starter in college, I had my specific day of each week that I was throwing. But now as a reliever, uh, I never really know when I'm going to play. And also being at the uh, lower levels of minor leagues, there isn't necessarily a role that you have on the team. It's just when your name is called, go out there and perform. And uh, I kind of I like it that way. It kind of – takes takes it a step back and makes it get uh removes the er and gur of it and the whole I gotta perform, I gotta do this and that. And it's just more of just go out there and get your reps. Now granted we're definitely always out there playing to win, but at the same token, at this level it's kind of you have to be a little bit more selfish with uh with your playing, you know, because you're trying to get up to the big leagues just like everyone else is. So it's more about getting your reps and performing well when you're when you're able to get those reps. Uh, is there anybody in the organization so far that kind of like took you under their wing and, and, and kind of like showed you the ropes and, and gave and given you a good advice? Uh, honestly, I'd say everybody. I feel that I learned from every player in the org. Uh, I try to pick everyone's brain about the things that they do well and why they do it well. And so just doing that to everyone, I feel has helped me a lot. Uh, do you ever get a chance? being a pitcher to play around during batting practice at all? Uh, so <laughs> last year uh, in Salem, I would come to the field a little bit earlier than everyone else just so I could take a little T-work here and there just to keep the field of hitting. And in the all season, I also go take batting practice with a lot of my friends uh, that are still playing. But uh, here in Greenville, nah, not, not at all. We've actually thrown, uh, I think, three shutouts this year. And after each one, like, I've uh, tried to put in motion getting pitchers BP, but it has not come to fruition yet. Oh, it, you got to sit there and try to uh, work with that a little bit and be like, hey, uh, you know, we're throwing shutouts. You, you got to give the pitchers some sort of reward. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> so uh, would you be, you know, would you be willing because I'm pretty sure you would be if they sit there and said, uh, hey, uh, you know, you're a great reliever, but we, we'd like to sit there and try to see if you can be a two-way player. Would you be interested in that? If that if that was something that happened to me today, that would be the best thing that happened to me all year. Uh, I would it, love to be a two-way player. Uh, just look, look at uh, Shohei Otani. You know, he's – on the exactly. way far end of the spectrum, but like he his batting average against pitchers is outrageous, and yeah. then his pitching I think I think his pitching is like ridiculously uh, against batters. So he's like got the best of both worlds. But yeah. then yeah, the, there's there's something to sit there and show. You know, you sit there and said you still got a passion for for hitting. You know, you played the corners. Uh, but your, you know, your strength is, is pitching. So, you know, you, 
just keep uh, plugging at it and maybe, you know, keep putting a bug in their ear. Yeah, I definitely am. Uh, I tell my teammates all the time, or well, at least recently, I've been telling them that uh, this offseason, I'm going to make a uh, a highlight video of me hitting and playing defense. And I'm going to send it to the org and see what they say. Hey, maybe even sit there and, and, and get get with the, a couple of the, the bullpen guys, a couple of stars, and be like, hey, uh, can I sit there and take some BP and have you guys throw to me? Yeah, definitely. That That's also what I'm trying to put in the works as well. Uh, okay. We're going to go starting pitcher. Who would you love to sit there and take yard in a batting practice against? Who would I love to take yard? Probably Hunter Dobbins. Uh, that, that's just <laughs> bullpen. Who? In the bullpen, bullpen who would I love? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go with Jordan DeValerio. Well, 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 why why do you choose him? <laughs> he and I just have a really funny relationship, and I feel like if I was getting that bad against him, he would definitely go all out against me. And me hitting a bomb off of him would just put the icing on the cake. Yeah. So uh, besides baseball, what, like, what do you enjoy to do in in your spare time? Uh, a big part of my life is Fortnite. Uh. I used to be, I used to actually make a pretty good amount of money off of it while playing, like especially in COVID. And mm -hmm. I still play to this day. So Fortnite and then probably snowboarding. I'm really into snowboarding, but there's a clause in my contract now that says I can't snowboard. So I had to put that on hold for a while. Uh, well, first things first, you know how many uh, people and how many friends, including my kids, make fun of me for playing Fortnite? <laughs> it's the best game out. Oh man, I, I I just upgraded my computer. Uh, <laughs> man, we gotta sit there and hook up, with, and we gotta sit there and play sometime. Uh, I'm, I can't say it. can't say I, I'm the greatest, but uh, my kids always sit there and say that they're better than me. I'm <laughs> like, dude, I've got more solo wins than you guys, so <laughs> you might be you might be a better team, but I'm a better person by myself. Exactly. It, yeah, I'm a big solo player. Well, when I play with them, my my son and my stepson, they just go, they go, they they leave me behind, mm -hmm. and then when they get in trouble, they're all yelling, "Where are you at?" Well, you didn't tell me where you're going. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you can't be doing that. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, but snowboarding, but like, what got you into snowboarding? Uh, that's kind of like a an off the off off the rails kind of hobby. Uh, so when I was younger, I used to be really into skateboarding and then I was about 10 or 11 when my uh, parents took me, actually, no, I was maybe about four or five, the first time I ever hit the slopes, but that was skiing. And, uh, like I said, I was really into skateboarding. And then maybe when I was about like 10, I took a, a snowboarding class when the next time I went to the mountain and, uh, I just fell in love with it. And then from there on, I just would snowboard just about every year. Oh, see. And of course you sit there and you know, all pitchers, all quarterbacks, they, they all have have like clauses where you can't do anything off the rails, you know. Yeah. So man, that it that's it, kind of it's kind of good for the team mm -hmm. and for you for your career. 
But then if you have a passion for it, it's kind of like, man, I would love to sit there and just go out and do it, but I can't because, you know, I have a commitment to make. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, uh, I take the uh, kicks off a little bit in the off season by just strapping into my board when I'm just ever just sitting in the house and just mess around on the carpet with it, with it on or something like that. So, uh, let's sit there and go to, uh, pitching back to pitching and, well, okay, you have the, the fastball, you have the slider, and the curve. Mm-hmm. So which one do you feel has the most upside for you in your arsenal? And is there any other pitch that you would like to add to your arsenal? Uh, so the most upside in my arsenal probably would be my slider. Uh, over recent weeks, I've developed like maybe like five, four to five more inches of a sweep onto it and killed some of the uh, vertical action on it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of gotten a lot better and uh, has been grading a lot higher. And then after that, I'd probably say my fastball as well, just because of how much uh, carry I get on it. And on a good day, I can run it up pretty hard. Uh, lately, I've been working on a Vulcan changeup, and uh, I would really love to add that to my mix soon. So uh, uh- I'm just hoping. The, the the Vulcan changeup, but like I haven't heard people like talk about that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, who got you? Who showed it to you, or did you find it on your own? And who's uh, uh, helping you work with that? Uh, so I I first discovered it this off season. Uh, I had just finished throwing a uh, a live BP session, and I was driving home and I was listening to a podcast, and uh. I forgot the guy's name, but I think he plays for the Brewers. And he was talking about how he developed the Vulcan change. And he was basically said that he just put a splitter using his uh, middle finger and ring finger. And then he just threw like a fastball and just had crazy action on it. So uh, I, uh, when I first found out about it, I actually didn't try throwing it. I had uh, thought about that. And then I said, well, maybe I'll try throwing a sinker. And so this offseason, I tried to develop a sinker to slash two seam. Uh, took it in spring training. I mean, it had pretty good movement, but uh, for whatever reason, got away from it. And then uh, at the beginning of the season, me and my uh, throwing partner, before we started throwing, I just was messing around and I grabbed a Vulcan grip and I threw it to him and it was really good. And so since then, I've just been working on the throwing program. I've thrown it in the bullpen a few times, but I haven't taken it in the game yet. Oh, uh, so... <laughs> Going from having three pitches to being able to throw in the fourth pitch, does that kind of throw the throw the batters off? Because that's not really in your your repertoire uh, when they're trying to scout you in the scouting report. So does that kind of give you a, an extra advantage until they catch on that how that you're using it and then how well it's producing for you? Uh, yeah, it definitely w- will give me an advantage. Uh, so actually, when I first signed with the Red Sox and got into the org and all that in 2021, I was actually throwing a changeup. And I think I was throwing it maybe like 22, 23 percent of the time. So it was actually like really a part of my uh, my arsenal. And it was actually a really good pitch. And then last year, 2022, I maybe threw a changeup maybe like four times the entire season. So I lost it and uh I was trying to get it back this offseason before I started throwing a sinker. And actually throwing a sinker is 
the change, me not getting my attention back is the reason why I started throwing the sinker. So uh, it's just kind of gone from there. So I'm really hoping that I can get that fourth pitch back into the mix. Uh, what What is your end goal? Would, would you like to be a long relief? Uh, just, a you know, a setup guy, a closer? Like, what would be your, your perfect goal, you know, to work your way up and, and get to the call, that call up to the majors? Uh, whatever role they feel that they want me in, as long as I'm getting playing time and it's enough playing time to for them to sh see that I'm progressing and developing, I, it doesn't matter to me. So, so, okay, uh, let's sit there and switch it up a little bit. I love to ask this question. I stole it from Section Ten. Steve said it was okay. Hot tub time machine. Okay. You can go back in the time and face any hitter you want. It's you versus them, bottom of the ninth. What batter would it be and why? <laughs> All right. I already have this answer on the top of my head, and it's Barry Bonds. I have a, uh, a running joke on the team that I say Barry Bonds would hit at most 100 off me with no home runs. So, uh, I'd like to face him. Theo, Theo said the same thing. So, so, so far, Barry Bonds is that guy that people would love to sit there and face. Mm -hmm. So, uh, have you ever got a chance to meet Barry at all? Uh, no, I have not. Well, hopefully one day you can meet him and, and maybe sit there and take a little BP with him. Yeah, I know. I'll be sick. So, since uh, since you enjoy hitting so much... Let's flip-flop the question. What pitcher would you like to face if you had to pick anybody at all? What pitcher would I like to face? Uh, honestly, I have two, and it'd probably be either Shohei or Jacob deGrom just because they're the best of the best in the pitching, in the pitching side of baseball. So I want to see what taking it at bat off of them would feel like. Oh, man. Well, what were your thoughts uh, – with the World Baseball Classic, seeing Shohei and Mike Trout there, uh, you know, two teammates going head to head. What was your thoughts on that? Uh, it was pretty surreal, and uh, honestly, just that at that one single at bat alone just shows you how much better pitchers are than hitters. And I'm not saying that to like put a knock to hitters or anything, but hitting mm -hmm. is just crazy hard. You know, it's the hardest thing to do in all the sports, and so it just shows you that like if you're a good dominant pitcher and you just stick with your mix and uh, pitch to the best of your abilities, you're going to come out on top most of the time. So, yeah. Uh, I, I always went back to uh, the 2018 world series with, you know, Chris sale coming out and the swing and the miss by Machado. Like mm. that, that's just crazy. And everybody's like, Oh, you can hit a baseball dude. You know how you got so many seconds to catch the like pick up on the pitch, try to see what pitch he's throwing, where he's releasing it at, and swing all at the same time. I'm mm. like, dude, I'm like, that's crazy. You can't there, there there's a there's a reason why you guys are the best of the best, you know, playing for major mm. league organizations and playing in the majors. Like 
to be able mm-hmm. to do all that in microseconds, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it takes a special amount of talent in order to do something like that because you're hitting a small white ball with a round stick mm-hmm. and you're trying to hit it straight or even like hit it 400 plus feet. Like that takes some real skill to do. And uh, yeah. like like I tell uh, uh, like my friends back home that like think that they could uh, play professional baseball, I'm like, there's a reason that I'm no longer a hitter right now. Like clearly somebody thought I wasn't good enough to, to uh, do it on that scale. And I mean, I respect, I respect the uh, in- intuition or retrospection that whoever thought that had, but uh, I'm glad to still be able to play baseball and put the Jersey on my back every day. So I just tell people like this game is way harder than you think. Yeah. And, and the pitcher kind of always has the advantage. He knows, mm-hmm. Where, where to throw because he has the catcher there. He knows what he's throwing. You know, he's, he's just got to hit the pinpoint that he's, that he wants. And, you know, hopefully the ump isn't, uh, hopefully the ump is on his game that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, uh, Macy, I want to thank you for coming on. Please let everybody, uh, know where they can find you at. Uh, you know, your socials, the floor is yours. Uh, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. It was a great time on the show. Uh, my Instagram is maceo.c9, M-A-C-E-O dot C9. Uh, that's kind of the social media I use the most. Also, I have Twitter, which is maceoc9. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Hey, hopefully uh, we can sit there and follow you in your career every level you move up we'll sit there and reach out and, and get you back on until we uh we see you at Fenway okay cool love to be love to be back so and uh don't worry I'm definitely gonna hit you up uh so we can sit there and play some Fortnite and uh we, I, we can show my kids that uh I'm not <laughs> as bad as they think I am okay cool let's do it so okay like I said this is Maceo Campbell. He is a relief pitcher for the Green uh, Green Drive. And, well, great interview. Let's talk to you guys next time. Thanks for having me.